0: Thank you for tuning in to our latest episode of Smart Homes, the podcast brought to you by Smart Homes, your guide to a connected lifestyle. My name is Alana Ferry and I'm the associate editor for Smart Homes. The holiday season is right around the corner and like so many others, I am preparing by shopping online and FaceTiming my loved ones. While the holidays are seen as the most wonderful time of the year, It is also when when households are most susceptible to cyber attacks and hackers. Today we are joined by Tony Anscombe, Chief Security Evangelist at ESET, an IT security software with Canadian offices in Toronto and Montreal to discuss ways Canadians can keep attackers at bay over the holidays. Tony, thank you so much for joining us. How, How have you been doing?
1: I'm doing great, Elena, and it's uh, great to be here on uh, Smart Homes Podcast. Thank you for inviting me.
0: I'm happy to have you. And, you know, Tony, there is no one who loves the holidays more than I do. So I I need to ask, what are you doing to prepare for the holiday season this year?
1: Well, hopefully, actually, Elena, uh, I'm trying to organize for my son to be here over the holiday season, uh, which, given the current pandemic, is not so easy.
0: Oh, no, where's where he uh, coming from?
1: He's uh, currently at university in the UK.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, I know. It'll be hard this year for sure with uh, this pandemic. It's really kind of shaking up the holidays.
1: Yes, it would definitely make, uh, make the holiday present my wife would like. So uh, mine is, seems like a simple request.
0: <laughs> you know, there's no such thing as a simple request when it comes to the holidays. And, you know, Tony... I'm just I'm just curious why are the holidays the time of year when households are more susceptible to cyber attacks and hackers?
1: Well, unfortunately, cybercrime is a business. Uh, we don't tend to always think of it that way, but somewhere in the dark depths of places are cyber criminals who sit there and devise campaigns. And those campaigns typically play on our human emotions or times of the year. So for example, you know, Christmas and the holiday season, Thanksgiving, even Halloween, which is just around the corner, um, you know, will crop up and cyber criminals will start campaigns around them because they know that our potency to click on something may actually be increased when we see content that will make us either smile or is a great offer or such like.
0: And when you say campaigns, um, do you mean like one of those clickbait kind of articles or um, anything of that sort? Just so I understand what you mean when you uh, refer to campaigns.
1: Well, the most common is phishing. I mean, we all see those campaigns in our inbox every day. Uh, You know, can you validate your PayPal account or an offer for some product that is the trending hot product this year at some very discounted price?
0: Mm, Yeah. Even uh, before this year, I remember getting an email saying that my Netflix account had been compromised and that I needed to re-enter my credit card information. And, you know, I was in the process of starting to put in all my information. But then at the last minute, I actually looked at the sender that sent me that email and it wasn't a Netflix affiliated account. It was some uh, Hotmail account that I had never heard of. So thankfully, I was caught myself before I did any damage. But, you know, for some people who don't think to look at that, that's probably such an easy way for cyber attacks to happen and for information to be compromised.
1: Absolutely. And I'm pleased to hear that you actually thwarted the attack and, and stopped yourself, which is great news. But the problem is, is even if you just click on the link, you have validated your email address to the attacker. So, he may be, they may have purchased data from the dark web, you know, millions of email addresses, and they're sending out this blanket email. Uh, once you click on a link, the tracking in the email will tell the attacker that you're, you opened the email. So oh. even just that small snippet of information can mean, oh, we, well, this person actually did open the email. The email account is active, and therefore future campaigns will be coming your way. As a simple rule, if you get an email from any inst- any organization, institution or re- retail establishment asking you for anything like that, typically companies don't ask you to validate credentials in that way. But if in doubt, actually go to a web browser and sign on to the, the company in question. And if there's a message or an action they want you to take, they're going to display it to you when you sign on.
0: Absolutely. And I think that just comes with... Uh education i feel like a lot of people they just assume if they see it from you know an establishment that they know and that they know they have an account with they're you know they're definitely going to think that it's legit or it's credible and but you know obviously i think a lot of people need to understand the steps and that some hackers will go to to get their information
1: yeah absolutely and they come in these attacks come in different forms whether it's an email it could be an sms message Yeah, I've even seen one. I was in an electronics store near where I live recently and I got an SMS message, what I believed to be from the store. Um, It wasn't because I looked at the link and the link was not correct. But it just so happened I was in the store when the the SMS spam turned up that made it feel very real. And a lot of these campaigns are starting to look, you know, these cyber criminals are creating emails that actually look and feel real. So there's a lot of time and effort, but there are, as you said, you know, you should look for the addressing from who's the email from. Look at the link. Does it take you to the legitimate website? Uh, or, like I say, go to the legitimate website off your own back and uh, sign on a different way.
0: Mm-hmm. And even just because with the holidays and everyone, especially this year, is online shopping more. And you know, instead of going into the stores to actually buying things, is I know that, like some people, I've heard some friends of mine saying that some of their credit cards have been compromised just from cyber, from online shopping. And so, is there a way in terms of protecting your information around that? Is there any software that they should be considering installing?
1: Well, it should be just like when we shop in the in the high street. Yeah, you know, only shop from uh, vendors that you trust and know. Uh, if you, you know, if you do a search and somebody comes up and they're, you know, they're 30% cheaper than everybody else. It's highly unlikely. Yeah. Nobody, nobody gives their products away or nobody gives them to a, tra- a trader that's going to sell them for way too less. So if that deal seems too good to be true, then it probably is too good to be true. And there's probably some other scam behind it. Um, the other ways you can protect yourself is to have a card that has a limited, a limited credit limit on it. So have a card that you always use for online purchases, but make sure it's got a, a smaller limit than maybe your normal credit card that you'd use in a store because that way you're limiting the risk. Now, credit card companies, of course, do typically refund. If, if you've been scammed online, they do typically step up and, and actually sort that out for you. But if you limit the risk, then it's less, far less stressful. The other thing is, don't ch- check out as guest If you're only going to buy one thing from a vendor, don't create the account, don't store the payment details and check out as guest.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely and you know because I mean even before the holidays I already online shopped a lot as is and you know it's again like you said like I never buy from a, a, a store that I have never heard of before or you know it seems like it's too good to be true because I I really am afraid of any of my credit cards getting compromised or any, my identity being taken. So it's all about just being mindful and just knowing where to take a risk.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you sound like the perfect person. I, know.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to brag or anything. <laughs> <laughs> and. You know, have these kind of cyber attacks really increased since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, or has this really been an issue that's been ongoing in recent years?
1: Well, the issue is ongoing. And like I say, we have to think of this as cybercrime as a business. So you have these bad organizations and groups that are doing this for a living. And of course, where they see opportunity, then they increase their their efforts. And at the start of this pandemic, we saw some cybercriminal organizations change Uh, what were servers and infrastructure being used for sextortion campaigns and they quickly switched to covid based campaigns so my point here is these are very dynamic organizations and groups looking for the opportunity now have they increased yes unfortunately because of that switch and i recently spoke to uh, a member of the cybercrime support unit in the u.s And they've actually been monitoring volumes of phishing traffic and they say uh, over the last six months they've seen a 4x increase in the volume of phishing traffic
0: oh my god that's insane
1: yeah absolutely and it, it it means that we need to be more and more aware as individuals so yeah you need to have some of the core protection things in place so have you got antivirus software on your machine? Is it up to date? Is it the latest version? Yeah, that's one obviously big protection piece. Obviously, I'm from ESET and we have that software. But yeah, are you updating the operating system on your machines? Are you updating the other devices that you've got in your house? Yeah, this is the Smart Homes podcast. All those devices in smart homes all run some form of software, even if you don't don't realize it. Uh, Yeah. When was the last time you went around your smart home and updated all those devices to the latest versions of firmware to patch vulnerabilities?
0: Absolutely. And, you know, you did touch on it there. And that actually leads into my next question, which was, you know, for homeowners who would like to be more mindful about cyber attacks and breaches this holiday season. What best practices can you suggest in terms of, you know, going about, you know their technology more wisely or what uh, software or technology they should be investing in and if eset has any recommendations
1: well so smart uh, the devices we put our into our homes is an important one before you purchase a device so as the holidays come you know you may be thinking of getting that connected doorbell or whatever it might be make sure that you're actually google googling the device you're about to buy before you buy it make sure there are known no, no no known vulnerabilities on the device. And if they are, have they been fixed? Does the vendor update the device on a regular basis? And is there an expected end of life date on the software that's on the device? Are they when you buy it, are they saying they're going to support it for the next five years? So you've got longevity. Uh, But it's important to understand that every device we connect yeah, potentially opens a little corner of the slither of the door for a, a cyber criminal. So making sure that every device we connect is secure is important. You know, whether it's a connected TV, which could have security software on it through to a, a, a relatively unintelligent webcam that's part of a security system, they're still running software that potentially could have vulnerabilities.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, you bring up a good point about, um, you know, purchasing before, buy, or- um, being mindful of things uh, uh, before buying technology. So, for solutions that to uh, purchase, what should customers be mindful of before buying in terms of pros and cons and compatibility?
1: Well, there's obviously the, like I said, the vulnerability issue, you know, make sure it's got no known vulnerabilities. The other thing I check is what is the device actually doing? Uh, and look, read the privacy policy of any device that you're going to connect in your home. because it's in your home or potentially it's connecting uh, or collecting very personal data or could be you know is the privacy policy giving rights for them to share it with any third parties where is it stored how is it stored is it encrypted and the privacy policy will typically detail all these things in fairly simple blocks you don't need to read all the legal you know all the legal text but look at who we share data, what data we collect and who we share data with and make sure that you're comfortable with the device you're, you're purchasing. The other thing is if you're purchasing a device that you're not going to use all the, all the functionality of, switch off the bits that you're not going to use. So if it's got a microphone but you don't want to use the microphone, switch the microphone off.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. So it it sounds like it's not like it's a, a one solution fits all type of deal. It sounds like you can really kind of pick and choose which is the best for your home and your needs.
1: Absolutely. And the whole yeah, the holidays are a great great time to one. We've got time. Yeah, hopefully you've got some time, especially maybe this year because you know we're all still very much locked down. Uh, you've probably got more time to actually do the research and actually look at the the device. In more detail to find out what you can and can't do with it,
0: yeah, absolutely i mean we're all we're all home, so we might as well use this time to educate ourselves
1: absolutely and uh it's important- it's important that we keep uh the rest of our families safe you know typically you find one person in our household who's the who's the device person, and we all know who they are typically.
0: absolutely i know who it is in my family and i can confirm that it is not me
1: no it's funny when you say that to some people they they become defensive no no there's never one person but there is there's always one person is who's the go-to person
0: exactly and if you can't figure out who that person is it's probably you
1: that's very true that's very true
0: And you know, Tony, that really does answer all the questions that I had for you today on this podcast. Did you have any final thoughts or comments or anything that I didn't ask that you would like to talk about?
1: Well, there's one big thing. There's one big thing that I'd like to leave everybody with. When you create those accounts, whether you're shopping on social, whether you're social media and sharing things or whatever it is that you're doing online, if it has the ability to have two-factor authentication on it. That's that system where you get a text message with a number to validate who you are. Please switch on to factor authentication. It might be slightly painful when you log on to services or enable devices, but it's the one thing that actually really stops password hacking.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I use a two-step verification for most of my things, and you know, for my bank, I even you have three three-step just because. That's the one thing that I absolutely don't want being compromised.
1: Absolutely. And it's the, it's the number one thing. Take the time. And even those services you've had for years now may well offer two-factor authentication, two-step authentication, multi-factor authentication, whatever it is they're calling it, go and switch it on.
0: Absolutely. Because nothing puts a damper on the holidays quite like cyber attacks and your sensitive information being compromised.
1: No, absolutely.
0: Tony, thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed getting to know you and to learn from your expertise. And I hope that the upcoming holiday season for you is free of cyber attacks and full of a lot of celebrations and time with family.
1: And likewise, uh, yeah, have a great holiday season.
0: Please stay tuned to future episodes of Smart Homes, the podcast. Please check out canadiansmarthomes.ca for the latest information about all things smart homes and technology. Thank you. And we're done.
1: Well, that was very simple, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. I know that we're all busy and have uh, other other, uh, duties to attend to throughout the day. So I try not to uh, take up too, too much of anyone's time.
1: That's awesome. And anytime. Eleanor, if, you, yeah, if you're looking for somebody about uh, security of specific devices or general security, you know, feel free to reach out.
0: I absolutely will. Thank you so much again for chatting with me today. And if I can be a resource for you at any point in the future, feel, feel free to reach out. I'm embarrassingly easy to get in touch with these days.
1: Well, that's a good question, actually. Maybe we should get you as a guest on our podcast.
0: I would love that.
1: Oh, now that's, a, then I will add you to the list. I will be in touch on that one. That would yeah, be great. Yeah,
0: absolutely, for sure. And thank you so much. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. Enjoy that sunshine.
1: All right, thanks.
0: Take care, bye. bye.